with you. I'm Pastor Rob. If you're new here, I promise you I won't bore you. I would love you to get your notes out because, uh, you know, when we're, when we're at church, you know, we're really not listening to really the person speaking so much as we're listening to the Holy Spirit speak through them into your life personally. And I want you to know today's message, I hope it speaks to you in amazing ways. Hey, we are in a series, a summer series called God Stories. Have you enjoyed that so far? The amazing stories of what God is doing in the life of this church, inspiring and strengthening any doubts that you might have are being erased as you've seen God's amazing grace touch the lives of the people of our church. And we're back where a lot of us are a collection of people who've been touched so miraculously, so unmistakably by God that you can't explain it away any other way that God had to intervene. I mean, Pastor Trevor, he happens to be married to my daughter, Sarah, my awesome middle daughter. Uh, and that house, it's something my wife and I have been praying for intensely that my three kids be able to own a home in Hawaii. And uh, it was important that when they raise their family with roots here and, and not have to worry about anything, have that home. But that is a big uphill a mountain that is almost insurmountable for almost anyone. And for them, it was. And so we really went to prayer many times over that. Uh, that. And it is absolutely God's intervention, divine intervention in uh, Trevor and Sarah's life that allows them to have that home. Elvis in this room, every one of us has a story of some sort. We're, we're a collection of stories. Shakespeare says that life is a drama without a script. Everybody has their entrance and everybody has their exit. You believe that to be true? No, it's not. It's not true. Yes, life is a drama for sure because we have absolutely no idea what's coming next. But we absolutely have a script. God personally and lovingly touched your life before you were born and wrote your script out. It says this in Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Anybody married to somebody wonderfully complex? Just saying. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me while I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. In Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you know that it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Clearly, God wrote the script of your life. But you're probably looking at me right now and going, well, that script, then what happened? Why didn't it turn out so good? What, what, what happened? Why was I messed up in this area? Why did I do that? Why did I do this? It's because, you know why? It's got a little complicated along the way because God gave us this amazing brain and the free will to do whatever we want to make our own decisions. He didn't make a planet full of puppets. He made a planet full of unique, wonderfully complex people with our own moods and our own likes and our own dislikes, our own ups and downs. Heck, we we're we're live in a planet with unhealthy people. Let me put, say it this way. We want what we want when we want it, and we can be very difficult when we don't. Anybody there with me on that? At the core of who we are, we're selfish people. We live life, doesn't, 
isn't screaming on us, it isn't stamped on us, but it basically says this, my way or the highway. We can be very moody people. And along the way, scars have touched us, decisions we've made, and the consequences of those decisions have stained us and tarnished us and marked us. And I just want you to know God's a God of renewing, and I know you know that. When I went on a trip just recently, I spent some time away, and I, I bought this. And I, I was talking to the artisan who made it. And I was so struck by the process that it's such an illustration of God in our lives. See, this is a, is this a beautiful vase. Can you see this? Probably not, but it is very beautiful. And how they make this, the artisan takes a lump of clay, and he sculpts it, or she sculpts it into the design that she's looking for, or he's looking for. And then he takes that lump of bland clay and puts it in a kiln and he heats it to its red, red hot, red hot. And they take it out and they throw it into a trash can full of garbage, sawdust, old newspapers, whatever was in the trash can. They throw it in the, 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 this piece in the trash can, close the lid, and it finishes its process in that trash can. And when they take it out and cool it, it is absolutely black with the salt of the fire that had attached itself to the piece that they had made. And when the artisan takes it and scrubs it, the true beauty and color is brought to life. Look at this amazing piece here. They didn't paint that in any way. Only what happened in the trash can changed the color of that. I love that illustration because sometimes in life we're so caught up in the stains that we can't get past the beauty of who God created us to be. In the word we just read that God not only created you, but he wrote the script for your life. And who he created you to be and who you might be today are not the same. And our messages the last few weeks have been challenging you to get back and understand who God created you to be. And understand the marvelous glory of who you are in God's eyes. You know, for years, um, I've been on staff here for 30 years. And my responsibility here is I oversee the, if you will, the people side of the church, the ministry side. And I have been praying for quite some time for a men's pastor who had been touched so much by God that his life before and after were not recognizable. And that his heart, which is the most important thing, that his heart would break for people. If you know Pastor Lance, you know that he would give you the shirt off his back. Many times people come on this campus during the week and they have hit, the, hit rock bottom. They have find themselves hopeless and helpless and come to this, this campus seeking help of any kind. And I want you to know when they come up here and Pastor Lance finds them, and he has found them, he's taken them to get food, he's taken them to get shelter, he's given them clothing, it's a, and his heart breaks. If you've ever been to any of his studies, you know how his heart breaks for men. But it's because he's been touched and scrubbed and allowed the beauty of who he really was to come forth. Check out his story. I was uh, born in Waianae. I was raised uh, with my brother. Been uh, in the Catholic Church my whole life. 
loved breakfast on Sundays because I knew we would have uh, some good grinds. Uh, we lived at my grandma's house and uh, they bought the place and built it basically almost out of scrap lumber. Uh, we didn't have doors inside the house, but we had exterior doors like everybody else. My, my parents were divorced at the age of 10. From there, you know, I just lived with my dad. Uh, my mom moved to, to town, stayed with her every once in a while. During my 10th grade year, my dad got remarried. They packed up and they moved to the mainland, which uh, left me by myself uh, on an acre and a half of land with my own house. Basically did whatever I wanted to, drank, smoked weed, and hung around with all the wrong people, you know. Did so many things that, that I really regret. You know, a lot of my friends are either still caught up in that lifestyle, in jail, and, and some of them even dead. The awesome thing about high school is I met the love of my life, my wife, Trisha. This particular time, we were camping at Miley Beach, and just so happened my niece, uh, Tari, had to go to church, and she was a part of the worship team at Hope Chapel, uh, Waianae at that time. And uh, she told my wife, you know, uh, hey, auntie, can you bring me to church? And, you know, we knew that you don't dress that way. You know, and my wife was like, you going to church like that? She turned and I remember her look on her face and she said, yes, auntie, we love you as is. I stayed at the beach. Uh, my wife went. She actually stayed in service. Uh, people loved on her. They, they prayed for her. She came back. She was excited, she wanted to go to church. Uh, at that time, we were living in Wamanalo. So you guys all know that Wamanalo and Wainai is in the opposite ends of the earth. And a light went off in my head. I was thinking, wow, this is another opportunity. I'll take her to church, I'll drive right down the road, and I can party with the boys. And she got invited to this thing called mini church. You know, another light went off in my head. I'm thinking, I'll drop her off at mini church, and I'll head to Wainai and have a few with the boys. and and pick her up after and every single time that I took her to church or, or mini church um, I just felt the the love you know I really felt like what wow, these guys genuinely genuinely cared you know um, they, they never told me hey come in church or we're praying for you they said hey be safe uh, drive safely and we'll see you when you come back and you know pick up your, your wife and your kids and after a while of dropping my wife off at mini church and driving a wine and partying with the boys, uh, it had to be in the Holy Spirit working in me. I stopped drinking, weaned off partying. Uh, you know, one night, sat at the dinner table, kind of leaned over and listened to what they were talking about and, and just the word, it just sounded different, but yet interesting. You know, something that I've never really heard spoken before and and uh, eventually shared my heart and my life was never to be the same. I believe it was the next week I went to church, not knowing why, but just but just sat in there and, and eventually the Lord did a doozy on my heart and he revealed unto me that by his grace, you know, he removed the alcohol, he removed the drugs, uh, he even removed the friendships that, that tied me to, to those things and he also revealed to me the things that he's blessing me with, you know. 
my wife who never gave up on me, uh, some beautiful kids, uh, you know, family, friends, you know, uh, you know, lo and behold, next week at church, they did the salvation prayer. I raised my hand, uh, you know, the happiest day of my life. My life was never the same after that. My life has changed so much that I just want to be a blessing exactly how other people were to me. I can't stop sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Can't stop loving on people the way that he loved, loved on me first. And lo and behold, um, I'm the men's pastor here at Hope Chapel. So blessed to say that, you know, it's an honor and a privilege. And I really believe it's, it's my turn to give back. I want to share the same exact love that, that Jesus showed me to all the men in our church that are struggling either with addictions or, or maybe broken marriages or, or just even lost or don't even know about Jesus Christ. All they need is somebody to, to be a friend and, and just to share God's love because I really believe that love covers a multitude of sin. What those guys did at Hope Chapel Nanakuli for me love on me, care for me, always encouraging me is basically what I want to do for that same guy that drives past his driveway and, and, and pray and hope that his life would be even greater than mine. Awesome. Awesome, St. Trisha. There we go, right there. St. Trisha, right there. <laughs> Hanging out with Lance. How long have you guys been married? 20 years. 20 years. Beautiful family. Can you imagine, if you will, go back to when you were in 10th grade with me. You were 14 years old. Kind of go back there right now. And your parents leave and go do their own thing, and you are completely left alone. You got a house but you are on your own. There's no security. There's no direction. There's no safety. You are left to your own devices. And all you knew growing up was drugs and drinking and craziness. And you had to carry on. He had to also make a living because he had to feed himself and get himself through school on his own. And of course, you have to maybe borrow some things that aren't yours to do that. You might have to grow some crops in your yard to sell later, which they did. And I even asked Pastor Lance, how does your family of origin, how did growing up in your house, how, how did that affect you? And he goes, ooh, kind of screwed me up. I mean, one time he, he decided, you know, and he, he was used to people leaving in his life. And sometimes we carry on those things. And he, he said, I need a break from Trisha. And he goes, he left for three months, lived on the beach. He did that more than once. That's why I call her St. Trisha. But see, his, his, his view of the world was through some pretty obscure eyes. But God came in and changed everything. Some of us in this room looking at me right now grew up in homes where they were just as loving, filled with the Holy Spirit, peaceful and safe, 
amazing homes that you grew up in, and you are blessed. You are blessed. But some of us grew up in homes where it wasn't safe. We grew up in homes where divorce was a part of life, possibly violence or abuse or addiction. Possibly the expectations on you were so great you could, felt like you could never measure up. Possibly love was never shown well. Conflict was never taken care of well. And finances were never talked about. And, the, and your upbringing has stained you and starred you. And I'm not here to knock Lance's parents, and I'm not here to knock your parents or mine or your grandparents if they raised you. But I'm just saying that decisions made along the way and choices and consequences could have scarred you, could definitely have scarred you. The word says this in, a, in, a, in Exodus, the 20th chapter, and he's, he's talking about idols to begin with. He says, you must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate the affection for another God. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. Their entire family will be affected, even the children to the third or fourth generation of those who reject me. Here's the good news. But I will lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations for those who love me and who obey me. Now you might think, boy, that, that is harsh that you would affect three or four generations of kids. But when, you, when sinful, sinful behavior and, and patterns of craziness are passed down from generation to generation, it can't help but affect you along the way. And when we look at life and we're saying, this is who God made me to be and this is who I am, sometimes our family of origin has affected us. And I want to challenge us this weekend just like Pastor Carl did two weeks ago when he talked about the engine required maintenance light going off in your car. You guys with me on that? Where you had to look deep within you to see how am I doing? What are the issues that I need to maintain and change in my life so I can be all the person that God created me to? And I want to challenge you today. Sometimes we might have to look at our upbringing and the things that we brought into our marriage and into our lives when we brought up through our parents. That's an important facet of our lives. But it also says that he'll lavish love and beauty on a thousand generations to come. What an unbelievable legacy Pastor Lance is passing on to his kids now, and their kids will pass on because he was, the Lord changed his whole world by bringing him to Christ and cleaning him up and showing the pure beauty of who he really was. Are you with me? And he did the same for you to really understand who we are and how far maybe we are from who God created us to be, we have to take the time to look back and really examine who we've become. I did that recently. About six months, six, eight months ago, I went to Pastor Carl. I said, Pastor Carl, I, I need to go on sabbatical for a little while. I need to go away. I want to take my wife and I just want to go away. I have a, a good marriage. I love my wife and she loves me. And I love God and he loves me, I know. I had a good relationship with God, but I didn't want good anymore. I knew, I knew there was something more for me. I knew I wanted to go so deep, so close to God that I could literally feel his embrace every second of the day. And that's not where I was because I was processing life so quickly, so many competing thoughts in my mind, so many worries and anxieties, so many sleepless nights. Anybody with me on that? 
the Lord gave me a picture. When I was on the mainland, I really prayed. I've really been praying into this so I could go to a place I've never been before, and that's where I'm trying to help you. And Pastor Carl is trying to help our congregation get to places that we've never been before. I went on this trip, and the Lord really showed me a picture. Anybody ever been on a road trip? Anybody ever go do road trips? Here's how I do. How's, I love road trips, too. Love road trips. So I look at the map in the morning, and I say, okay, here's where I am, and here's where I'm going. And this is my style. Might not be yours, but I get up, I get everybody in the car, and I immediately look for the fast lane, and bam, we're going, baby. We are racing there, racing down the fast lane, and if that drops into a two-lane highway and all of a sudden I get stuck behind a truck, I'm going, okay, I've got to get around this dude, and you just race around, just make it, and your wife's screaming at you, but you're still happy because you're past that truck, and you keep passing the other cars, you keep overtaking cars, and you're just flying down that road. Anybody with me? Then the kids in the back seat go, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. And your first response is, No! All those cars I just passed will pass me back. <laughs> Anybody there? But here's what God showed me get over in the slow lane and be happy right there. You see, we're racing through life. We see the big things God's doing, but God wants to reveal so much more. If he wrote the script for your life, don't you want to know where to make the next turn from him? But we don't. And issues in life, possibly your family origin, possibly your own decisions, have kept you over in the anxious, crazy world. You're not even yourself anymore. But I want to say to you, church, please, and this is not easy. I know I'm not asking you to do something either. Pastor Carl wasn't asking you to do something easy. Pastor Josh last week when he said that we really need to identify those relationships in our life that we need to mend. Were you there last, here last week? You got to mend those relationships. You got to take the secrets out of your life that are holding you back. And so the true authentic you that God created that everybody will see. And I want you to tell you folks, it can only happen if you slow down and find silence and solitude in your life. I am convinced of that. I had to get there. I am a type A personality. Most of you know my life is running as fast as it can. And I have purposely and radically, and I say to you, we need to radically change the way we think. We must change the way we think. Hope Chapel here has made a bold statement to making sure there's rest in our life. There is not going to be any more Saturday night service. Last night was the last one. We have taken the Saturday night service off the calendar. That was a radical, crazy move on our part. But not because it wasn't a valuable service. It's because we wanted to show the congregation how important that we find rest with our families. And I say to you, we must find rest. It is so important to slow down and understand who we really are. Let me talk about slowing down. This is really important. If you're like me, when you go and you spend time with God, here's how it was before. Okay, Lord, I've only got a couple minutes. Listen up. I'm going to start the top. No interruptions, please. I just got to get through this list. Lord, please protect my day. Make sure I, you know, we go through the list of wants and needs. And okay, God, nice talking to you. 
bam, we're out of there. And God said, no. He clearly showed me. When I read in the word to find rest, when I really look in the gospels and see that, that, that Jesus went away to be by himself, to spend, when, you, when it says that those who find shelter in the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty, I really wanted that because of my life was processing so quickly. I just wanted to find rest, rest. So if you, when we, instead of going through your prayer list really fast and running out the door and think that you've communicated with God, I just want you to, you got to take time for this, to go and find silence. And when you go before the Lord, all you're going to do is say, Lord, what do you want to talk to me about today? What direction do you want to give me today? Because if we're not paying attention, we're going to get to heaven someday, and God's going to go, man, I had so much more for you. I wanted you just to go a little to the right, and you went way left. I had so, my, I wrote the script of, a, of, it was so precious. You would have, oh, you would have loved it. But we went by so quickly, we didn't see it. And solitude Silence is just getting away. And some of our minds work so fast. We just so many competing thoughts in the morning, racing, um, that category. And here's what I found. I just get a piece of paper and a pencil. And I write down everything that's flooding my mind, every thought, worry, to-do list, everything. I just put it right on a piece of paper. And I said, Lord, I give this to you right now. And it's going to take work. It's not going to happen overnight if you're that kind of personality where your mind races. By the way, the one thing I thought, learned too is, that if you're like me, you feel guilty if you're not doing something. Anybody here? You could be watching a show and you go, man, I should be doing something else. I shouldn't be here. Or possibly, and I'm not stepping on toes. Yes, I am stepping on toes. But possibly you're married to someone who cannot relax. And they're going, well, we can't be sitting here. Let's go. Your toes are hurting right now. I get that. I need you to understand, to really experience God, you got to slow down and listen to him. And it can't be at 40 miles an hour in your brain. So write those things down and say, Lord, these are yours today. I give these to your, the word says, I want that issues. I want all that. I want to give it to me. I can handle it. Give it to God and then just sit there and wait to hear from him. Wait to hear from him. And solitude is a time that you find that you are completely alone. There is no one away. Jesus was the model of that. He went away to pray. Told his disciples, keep the people away. I got to get hanging out with my father. But when you really experience silence and solitude in your life, you will find rest like never before. You'll feel God's embrace. You'll feel a depth of a relationship with him that you to this date probably have never felt. It's because our society, our culture, our world feels that racing to get it done when the one with the most toys at the end is the winner. And that's not true. It's not true. You're going to have to make radical thinking, radical change means you have to make some hard decisions about your schedule. I had to. I am learning to say no to a lot of things that I have not said no to before. And if I could reverse the tape of my life 
to when I was raising my children, I promise you, I would be doing a lot less. I don't need, my kids did not need to play every sport on the planet, nor did I need to bring food to every potluck every Saturday. Because as all my children are grown today, I want you to know, I look back and go, I should have slowed down and just hung out with them by themselves. Silence and solitude has to be a part of your life. And radical thinking to change my schedule so I can really experience God. And also, if you really want to get back to who God created you to be, it's going to be done in silence and solitude. So you can take a really strong look at who you are and how God created you. And the, and the, the, the field that you've, the far you've gotten away from that, you need to bring it back to being just who God created you to be. The authentic you. Are you with me on that? The word says that we'll experience in Philippians a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that surpasses all, and I used to pray, Lord, where is that peace that surpasses all understanding? I'm not there. I really want to get there. And it's found in his embrace. Look at all God wants from you. All God wants from you is you. That's all he wants. He doesn't care if you won your game or you got that promotion. Those things are good, but that's not great if you're not in his embrace. Are you hearing me? And radical change, and that's the theme of my message, takes changing the way you think. It, it said this, I want to use the, 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 the verse that Pastor Carl used a couple of weeks ago. It says this, examine my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I have done everything, if I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. You see, you can't, you can't start changing if you don't admit there's something wrong. And for me, I had to admit that my schedule was way too rushed. And I wasn't really experiencing life. Because when you're in the slow lane of life, the little things, you're blown away by God's grace and the little things of your life, just the movement of your house, the rhythm of your kids, and you're just going, wow, that is so awesome. My kids are so beautiful. My wife, my spouse is so beautiful. But we're racing through life and we're not really grabbing the full potential of your life God, that God made for you. Are you there with me? It says this too, and I love this about what Pastor Lance said. What drew him to God, what drew him to God was the love of other people. And the only way that people can really truly experience the love of your heart is if you're truly you. And that's how Lance and Tricia came to the Lord is because people, they saw a reflection of God in those people who were just loving them. It says this, in 2 Corinthians, it says, so all of us who have, been, have had the veil removed, that means we, Jesus allowed us to see him for who he was, our, our redeemer, can see, the reflect, to receive, see and reflect the glory of God. Who is the spirit who makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image? Our, his greatest desire, our Lord's greatest desire is that we would reflect his glory our true self. And it says that in the word, it also says that if, that when we love others, 
they'll see God in us. What a great place to be. Along the way, we've filled our schedules. We've made choices. The consequences of those have gotten us far away from where, who God really intended us to be. When he created us, he created a masterpiece. So I want us to have a little reflection time right now. I'm going to pray. Then I want to have my friend Sabrina who wrote a beautiful song. And I want you to make those words your own. I want you to shut away anything that might be competing in your mind right now. All I want you to do is focus on God in silence as she sings. Understand the beauty of who he is. Lord, I pray for this congregation right now. Lord, we literally will, are casting our worries on you. Lord, we, were, we live in a world where stress and strain has just become a part of our natural rhythms of life. And that is the farthest place that God would want us to be. The farthest place. Lord, you do not want us to be there. And Lord, your word says that if we rest in you, we rest in you, we'll experience true, true beauty of the life you created for us, Lord. And Lord, I pray for everybody in this room right now, Lord, that you would really, Lord, speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit in amazing ways. Allow us to experience silence and solitude in our life. Let us make the radical changes required to really understand who you created us to be. Praising for all to hear. 
Radical thinking is that it's no longer I who live, but it's who lives in me. I take myself off the throne of my life, and I make God absolutely there. And I know I'm looking at some very veteran Christians in this room, and I would consider myself that. I've been a Christian well over 30 years. And knowing that still, I had not arrived. I still haven't, but I'm king. I want you to know I'm, I'm fighting every day to really experience God in amazing ways. If you would like to take a journey and you want that life journey to help you, we found an amazing book, and we're having our readers, our leaders read this book right now called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's not a book where you pick it up and you read it, oh, you, I can't put it down. Man, this, I got to find out how it ends. No, it's not that type of book because it, it looks deep within us. I'm 61 years old, and I determined through my time away with God that there's parts of me that's very immature in the way I handled life and my emotions in some cases. A lot of it was the way I was brought up, but I never really came to that grip of understanding that until I really understood that I really needed to go deep and understand me so that my wife could understand me, to slow down enough to experience the beauty of life. It can be found. He really guides you through that, this read. You can get this on Amazon. I think we have some copies in the back. I think Gladys would love to sell them to you today. But I want you to know, if you really want to go deeper, deeper in your relationship with God and those significant in your life, you'll find it here. Let me pray with you again. Lord, we've come. Lord, I know it. there's some things that we had to do business with you today. Lord, I, I totally know that. And they probably didn't. Lord, we didn't really think we were coming to that today. But I pray that you've spoke to us clearly, Lord, today. 
that for those in this room who needed to make some changes in their life, to do business with you like never before, to go places that they never thought was possible, Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would sink deep into their hearts today. And Lord, I bind the enemy, the enemy from any attack that he had thrown at them today, Lord, that they would radically change their schedules to really embrace you, Lord, and those around them that you've put in their life, that they could slow down long enough to really see the beauty of life and take away some of those things that aren't from you, Lord, even though they look so important to us. And Lord, for anybody in this room who has never come to a realization that you wrote our script and that you created us to be who we are, I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus' offer. The word says that if you believe, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he'll come into your heart and change the very nature of who you are. And that your acceptance of him will give you eternal, eternal life. And not only that, when you pray, he'll be able to answer your prayers. He'll be communing with you. If you want that this morning, I surely want to give you that opportunity because that's what we do as a church to bring you to a realization that there is a God who loves you and cares deeply about you. And if you'd like to do that, I'm going to count to three. And I, the Lord's hitting your heart right now. Oh, that's me. Boldly and proudly, why people are praying for you right now. I want you to raise your hand and say, yes, I want to experience that, Lord. So one, two, three, raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand boldly and proudly. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. You can put your hand down now. Just hitchhike off on my words right now, Lord. I pray that you would come, come into my heart right now. Lord, I pray, I ask for forgiveness, Lord, for anything that I've done that would have offended you in any way, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my life, Lord. Renew me. Touch me. Lord, I want to experience you, Lord. Let me feel your embrace today, Lord. Let me feel your love that washes away my sins and gives me a new destiny today, Lord Jesus. And for the rest of us in this room, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would do something marvelous in our lights today, Lord, as we come before you. Let's stand and worship our God.